So you have two doses of the vaccine. Right, two doses and two weeks. So I'm, I'm almost a free man. You're pretty much. I have good. my. I don't quite have my civil rights back yet, but I'm almost a free man. And why is that? Why don't I have my civil rights back? I still have to wear a mask, according to the government. I still uh, have to be careful about who I go see and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not quite free. I have gotten no doses of the vaccine. Yeah, that's too bad. And it seems like a lot of people, it's like a little bit arbitrary people I know that are getting it. Uh, A lot of my friends in California have already gotten it. Uh, you know, and it seems to me like there's this taboo that's arisen around sort of judging people or asking people why they got it. Cause, cause people might have like a preexisting condition that you're unaware of, right? Like I just assume, Oh, this person's young and healthy. Like, why did they get it? And they might have some heart condition or have survived cancer or something unbeknownst to me. Right. Yeah, that's a possibility, but I think uh, there's a lot of a lot of cheating going on. A lot of people are cutting lines. I mean, that's what I was like going to say. It's like the, the, at the there's same time, there's a lot of people yeah. that I know that are just like, oh, no, it's super easy. You just have to tell them that you have asthma or you just have to tell them that you have some pre-existing condition that they don't check. Like right. people have like re- tried to reassure me like, no, 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 it's fine. Just make the appointment and you go. It's, like they won't it's even, not even ask that. You. It's not even that, Russ, because... That's cheating by the individual. There's a lot of uh, corruption going on. It's a lot of people who, uh, like doctors and people in the high authority, are you know giving their giving people they know letters or you know just giving them the dosage or whatever. Um, so you know it depends on who you know. It, it's it's a corrupt system. I mean. I don't know if it'll ever be investigated, but it should be. I went to like a, a hospital here, Woodhull Hospital in Brooklyn, and sort of just to inquire because I've heard it said that you know that some of these places have extra doses of the vaccine because they open up like a a sleeve of them or a box of them or however they come, and if if at the end of the day they have like these open boxes, they have to get rid of those doses. Uh, right. And, and I've so, heard some people getting the shots that way. Yeah, I've heard of people getting the shots that way also. So in my mind, I was like, well, I don't really have like an ethical qualm about um, getting a dose that would otherwise be like destroyed or thrown away. I just wouldn't I'd rather not take a dose from like someone who has like, you know, a medical condition that's going to make them more susceptible to like a s- serious bout with with covid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went down there and it was really, the people at the intake were just like, oh, do you have like a preexisting condition? And I was like, well, I've had gout, you know, I, I, I don't know if that right. counts. And they're like, no, that doesn't count. And they asked me like, do you have ADHD? And I was like, no. And they're like, oh, do you have asthma? And I was like, no. And it was like, almost like they were sort of in- asking couldn't me. You were, they couldn't <laughs> believe you were being honest. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they were sort of like asking me to just sort of fudge it or so they didn't you know explicitly do that but it just felt like they were encouraging me to just say I had a pre-existing condition and I was like well that's fine I thought maybe you guys would have like extra doses you might be throwing away and I would take one of those off your hands and they're like nah it doesn't really doesn't really work like that we have a call we have a list of people that we call and 
Now there's this um, website called TurboVax that you can go on and you put mm -hmm. in your information, but you also have to say whether or not you have a pre-existing condition, you know? Uh -huh. And so there's people I know that have sort of fudged it and just said they have asthma or said whatever and then gone just go to the, wherever it is they're giving out the vaccines and take whatever appointments available and go get the vaccine, you know? And, and the funny thing is I feel like there is a, if you were to make like a Venn diagram of like people who didn't take the social distancing seriously at all and were still like going to parties indoors and traveling and doing all of the stuff that they were telling us not to do. If you were to make a Venn diagram of those people and people who are sort of jumping the line to get the vaccine, it would be like right. a, per a perfect circle. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel yeah, like, would, you know, I wouldn't I've, doubt that. I wouldn't doubt that. I've taken it rather seriously. I'm starting to learn. Like I'm feeling a bit alienated from a lot of my friends who are at this point just like going into each other's houses, going to eat at restaurants indoors, and. Honestly, it's hard to blame them because I, you know, cover this stuff for a living as a journalist. So I have all of the data and science and stuff like very present in my mind. But the restaurants are open and the bars are open. So why wouldn't they go into them? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of funny that that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like their behavior probably wouldn't be altered that greatly by getting the vaccine because they're already sort of like doing whatever is available to them anyway. Yeah. But my behavior would be altered by getting the vaccine, but I can't <laughs> get it for the same reason that I took the social distancing stuff seriously. Yeah. I mean, you're a, you're a model citizen. And, but sometimes, I mean, uh, I don't know if that's, that's definitely not true, but maybe in this particular case, I'm just like a bit of a, a bit of a pussy about it and well you know what leo deroshi used to say you know who that is he was a dodger manager for years but he used to say nice guys finish last um and there's a lot to be said for that i think there is a lot to be said for that and um i've been feeling sort of like alienated from a lot of my friends for that reason like i don't know i was at a friend's house this weekend um he has a terrace on his roof and so we'll go up there and like make fires and stuff and hang out. And, uh, and there's a few of us there and it was really, it was pretty cold actually. Like it got, it got really cold at a certain point. And mm -hmm. I realized it was like just me and my friend there. Like what, where did everyone else go? Like where were the other three or four people that were here five minutes ago? And then I realized like, Oh, they're all just hanging out inside. Cause I'm the only yeah. one that, makes that <laughs> continues to make this an issue you know they'd rather be warm than be with you yeah <laughs> and it's got me thinking and this is something i wanted to sort of get your thoughts on it sort of got me thinking about the things i miss um from before covid and and then and then things that i hope that going forward i'll like be able to do again mm -hmm. because I've, honestly, there have been a lot of things I am continuing to be able to do, right? Like I go surfing all the time and that just involves me getting in, a, in my car and driving it to the beach and surfing, getting back in my car and driving back to my house. Uh, right. So I do that all the time, which is great. And I love that even in the cold, even in the snow, whatever, I'm there for it. Um, I'm able to like watch movies at my house, but I feel like it's not the same as watching a movie in a movie theater. 
and I miss watching <laughs> movies in movie theaters, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I miss I going understand. to parties, and I miss going to, like, clubs or, like, going dancing. Maybe, I guess, concerts. Like, it's hard. I, I, I'm not really, like, maybe when I was younger, I would go to a lot of concerts. I'm at this stage where I feel like I don't need to go to concerts all the time, but I uh, I guess I've just been sort of trying to wrap my head around, like, what is it that I'm missing? And Well, I'll tell you, I'll give you a little insight. I mean, yeah. we used to go to a lot of um, movies and shows, um, and uh, when you say concerts. shows, like what do you mean by that? Uh, like like, like Broadway type shows, you know, plays, like the- and theatrical comedies. performances, theater, theater, yeah, live theater, and um, and I still don't do that because there's there's none to see. No, nothing's nothing's open yet in those regards. I mean, uh, they do show things online, but uh, you know, it's not the same. Um, but what I did do. Last weekend, we went out to dinner with a friend, a couple of friends of ours, um, who, and all four of us had gotten the double shots. And so we, we didn't eat indoors, we ate outdoors, but it was just nice to be able to sit and talk to people, you know? And uh, I mean, we stayed there three hours just talking. It was just like, uh, it was the first time in a year. Pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, um, in like, in all honesty, I've been eating outdoors. I mean, I guess there was some, a few months in the beginning where I didn't, but by the summer, I did. And now, even if it's cold, I, I mean, I guess in the heart of the winter, I probably wouldn't, but I will do right. stuff like that if it's outdoors. But mm-hmm. um, do you? Yeah. So one, so one thing I've been thinking about is like a lot of my friends, people my age that I've sort of known in New York for a long time have like left or moved upstate or moved to Long Island or something, or just sort of existing in like a more suburban way, you know, right? whether they're physically living in a suburb or they're like living in Brooklyn still, but behaving the way that they would if they lived in a suburb, I guess. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of like, made me wonder like what what is like the point of living in New York or what is it about living in New York before COVID that was cool and what is it about living in New York after COVID that could also be cool you know and you lived in New York for a long time like what is it what is it because because it's like you have your you have show like whatever it is that people come New York to New has York got to a vibe. New York's got shows. New York has a ton of, you know, music venues where, you know, just small little jazz or piano bars or things like that, or places to hang out, bars or restaurants, um, you know, where people just can socialize. I know, but um, it, this is what I'm sort of trying to hone in on. Like, why do we like that? Like, like in theory, well, uh, in theory, people you are do social, that. People are social animals. We're social. And we want to, I mean, now... You know, I don't know what's going to happen with this youngest generation that's that's grown up with iPhones and is always texting each other, um, and they don't talk anymore. You know, they just text. Um, I don't know if it's, what's going to happen with them because they're getting further and further away from social socializing. Um, I think socializing is incredible. It's you know, it's it's just a cool thing to do. But let me ask you this, Dad. You're from New York and you lived here for a long time before you moved to California. 
Yeah, 30 some odd years. It's different, right? It's And I guess this is what I'm sort of like getting at. It's like, it's not just that there are shows and that there are movies and that there are cool bars to like go to and hang out. It's like, it, there's some, there's something else. It's like the, I talked to Andrew a lot about this. It's like when I was, I, over the years I've tried to sort of like figure out what it is that would motivate me to want to go to like a party, let's say. Okay. Or like a nightclub. Mm-hmm. Right. And I guess, Previously, I had always assumed it had something to do with like getting laid. Like, oh, you if you're single, you want to go to a party or to a nightclub because there's this potential that you might meet someone and either sleep with them or get their number and maybe even date them or whatever, right? Yeah, okay. But I'm starting to think that that might not actually be what it is. It might be because uh, I guess <laughs> sometimes I'll go visit my friends in LA and they'll invite me to like a dinner party or something, you know, and I'll go and maybe because we're like in our mid thirties at that point now, like late our later thirties and in our twenties, the dinner party would be like, we would have dinner and then we would go to a bar or we'd have dinner and we go to a club or we'd have dinner and we go to like some, some event that we would refer to as quote unquote going out. Right. We would go out. Mm-hmm. And now it's much more common that I'll go to the dinner party and then suggest that we go out and everyone will be like, go out. What are you talking about? Like you need <laughs> right. to go to some dark room where there's loud music and they shine lights in your eyes. Like for what? Like, why do you need to do that? Like we as uh, older responsible adults are going to like have one more whiskey and then we're going to go to bed because we're going to like wake up to go to the farmer's market or whatever. I'm just sort of making this up, but you see my point? Yeah, but what is the function be, of but, the out? But, but it, it, the out might change in terms of as you age, um, as your, as your situation changes, you get married or you're, you know, you're with somebody on a permanent basis and so you're not looking just to hook up. Um, the out will change, you know, the, the dynamic of it will change. You go listen to some cool music, you go watch some kind of performance, you'll go see whatever, you know, right? because like a place like New York has got everything under the sun and it never sleeps and it's 24 seven and at three in the morning, if you want to have Chinese food, you can get it. You know, that's what makes New York so cool. Yeah. I just, I guess I, I, I agree with you, but I think it's like, it's something more than just having available to you all of these possibilities as like a consumer where you're going to like go watch a show or go like eat at a restaurant where that's sort of like a one way uh, exchange, right? Like you're attending something and that thing is being like served to you as food or served to you as like theater or served to you as like a film. There's something about like being in a fresh, (laughs) like being in an environment where you're going to like potentially meet new people, even if it's not for like romantic purposes or being in a social situation where you're going to like talk to someone that whatever, acted in the play that you've just seen or played the jazz music that you just listened to. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so you can, yeah, go ahead. You can do that. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that are available. I mean, like you're you know, friends with musicians in San Diego, right? 
Right. You, it's kind of strange to me because these are some of them are musicians that were in bands that I listened to when I was in high school or junior high even, and now these guys still play music, and you're and you somehow were you know going to places where they were playing music, and now you guys are sort of buddies. Right, but they their um, I think their style of music or their taste of music has changed as they've de- as they've grown and developed. I mean, and so yeah, they're not playing the kind of stuff you listen to, um, but yeah. So I've, I and, and I like to hang out with them because they're cool. Right, but I guess that's that, so. This is my point. It's like the going out. What is the function of that for you now that you're seventy eight years old? And seemingly oh you're not looking don't, to get laid because you have a girlfriend. That. You live you live with your girlfriend and that's um, not that's not really like it, a part it, of it's why you still, go out. It's it's still socializing and still being with other people and you know, just inter interacting with other people. It's 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 what it's all about life is all about, right? I guess so. I mean I don't know. I don't know if that's what life is all about. It's just, it's, it's, it's well, just, I've been thinking about it because part of me sometimes is like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I just lived in, you know, whatever, the jungle somewhere where there's no people around that, where I could surf every day. And wouldn't that be nice if I didn't have to pay rent or work some job, you know? Well, okay. But you're mixing in apples and oranges, you know, is it the paying rent? Is, is it, is the big, being a responsible person versus not being responsible? Um, you still need to socialize. You couldn't live as a hermit somewhere all by yourself. I don't think so. I don't think you'd be happy. It, it gets lonely. What if you just moved to like Des Moines, Iowa, and in theory they still have a nightclub and they still have a movie theater and they still have Chinese restaurant and they still have all of these things. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's Why? a different level of a different level of entertainment. I mean, you, you know, New York. Uh, L.A., San Diego, Chicago—you're gonna get the 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 cream of the entertainers, the better musicians, the better shows, the better um, performers. Then you're gonna get in a podunk type place. But but let me ask you a question. So let's say you were somewhere and you could surf every day, all day long. Don't you think after six months of doing nothing but surfing, you get, geez, isn't there something else I can do? I'm getting kind of bored with this. Probably. Don't you think that would happen? Probably. Yeah, so you need to have some social interaction, some stuff other than, you know, um, just playing and doing stuff that you enjoy. Because if you did what you enjoy all the time, you wouldn't enjoy it anymore. Yeah, but if you were to, like, have a really nice sound system in your house with a really nice, like, video, like a really nice TV and, and whatever... Not the same. It's not the same. Come on, Russ. You know that. You're interacting with... It's not just one way. The You know, you're interacting with that show. You're interacting with that performer. You're, there's a give and take. He, he or she is picking up on your vibe. You're picking up on his. And, you know, it, it's more alive as opposed to just sitting and listening to canned music. It's not the same. Yeah, it's a strange thing. But I guess I've sort of realized that when pan, when the pandemic's over... Uh, and I feel like a lot of people are having the same idea, so I don't feel very original in saying this. Like, I just, it feels like I, I'm going to want to do that stuff more frequently and more vigorously. 
And I feel Absolutely. like whatever the um, like the sort of shame or stigma I feel is like someone who's like, you know, I'm going to turn 38 this year, like wanting to go to like a dark, sweaty nightclub and like get lost in the dark a little bit. Like that, but you, I, but you've got an ulterior thing going on as well. I mean, not just necessarily looking to get laid, but you're looking to meet somebody, a partner for life. You're, you're maybe, but s- but I guess what I'm saying is, is that doesn't necessarily have to be a part of the equation for me. I think is what I'm starting to realize. Like I, I, I think I've always sort of assumed that that was a big part of the motivation. And I used to talk mm-hmm. about going out. As like, it's not even that I need to be in an environment where I'm going to meet someone and that I could potentially sleep with or date or marry. It's actually about like tricking my brain into thinking that that is a potential, right? Which is like, why, like, whatever, if I go out to dinner with someone and then afterwards I'm like, oh, let's go have a drink. And they're like, well, we could have a drink here. And it's kind of like, yeah, but wouldn't it be more fun if we had like a drink in a bar? And then you peel the onion a little bit. You're like, well, why? Well, because, you know, at least psychologically or like in in my like lizard brain, maybe I'll feel like I'm closer to like meeting someone or whatever. But but I'm starting to think that might not actually be what it is. It might actually be this other thing, which is like being in a physical space together with other people and sort of like vibing. Okay, you still like that stuff. I do. I do. I've, I love it. I love live theater. I love, um, listening to live music. Yeah. But you also like parties. I'm not, you know, I'm not crazy for parties where there's like, you know, 50, 80 people in a room and mingling and making small talk. I I never liked that. I never, I, I, I don't like that. I'm uncomfortable in those situations. Interesting. Yeah. Why is that? I, you know, why not? I don't know. Why not? I'm just not, it's just not who I am. I don't, I don't make small talk easily. I don't like it. It's not my thing. What about like a nightclub setting where it's like, you're not really talking. There's like loud music. Well, yeah, if the music is good, I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm there. Nightclub, live performances, shows, you know, skits, whatever. I like all of that. Comedy. Comedy. Comedy tonight. All right. Okay. So speaking of comedy, ahead. speaking of huh? comedy, I'm going to transition into the border because I think it's pretty damn comical. Um, what's going on? If it's it's sad, if it's not funny, but um, I just heard today that they're um, trying to set up the San Diego Convention Center mm-hmm. um, for uh, to take in I don't know how many thousands of um, of these aliens that they've taken in refugees or. Yeah. Okay. Refugees. Yeah. Refugees. Refugees come from a war zone. Okay. I don't consider this that, refugees. That's not, not the, These people that's are coming the... here for one reason. These people are coming here for one reason yeah. because they didn't come here in the last three years. Mm-hmm. They're coming here now because Joe Biden invited them. Joe Biden said, "I mean, they did come oh, here yeah. they when did, we get they elected. Did. When I get elected, a hundred days, we're going to take all these people in and we're going to yeah. change the whole thing." They did come and here a few long, years ago, if you remember. Yeah, because of because of the um, the the Biden, you know, uh, and and Obama. Uh, no, they came here during the Trump presidency. Yeah, until he stopped it. He built a wall. He started to build the wall. He enacted legislation that 
um, has them had them waiting in Mexico before they could come in. He made treaties with those countries in Central America mm-hmm. um, for them to keep their own people in, and and, and the Mexicans were guarding this, their southern border. So the influx stopped. Okay, we haven't had this. What's going on now for several years? Okay, and what's going on now is overwhelming. Do you know that they're letting people, and now we're in the middle of a pandemic, okay? So mm-hmm. people are coming in and they're not even testing them. And some of them are getting into this, into the country, the middle of the country without being tested. You know, they make rules for us, but not for the, not for the illegal aliens. They can come in and just be. Well, they're know, not, they're technically they, not illegal aliens if they're allowed, if they're released into the. Uh, yeah, custody I know. Other I know. They're coming in through holes in the fences and they're being captured by INS and they're being yeah. brought to these processing centers. Yeah. So they're illegal. Well, they're not illegal. They have a legal right to declare asylum. It's a part of I know. U.S. law. And, wha- and what do we know from history? One out of every 300 people qualifies. That, so, accord- you know. Yeah, but... but- just like in uh... they all have the right to do all of this i understand i'm not i'm not saying they don't i'm saying that we had trump had it set up so that they weren't overwhelming our system Mm -hmm. they're overwhelming our system such that the border guards the border people can't be at the borders protecting the borders they're all there trying to process these thousands of people that are coming in and they can't and now they've got all of these kids uh, that are coming alone, okay? And we heard for th- three years or four years during Trump, kids in cages, kids in cages, right? Well, Mr. Biden doesn't allow the press to go look at these places. They're not allowed in. They can't have drive-alongs. They can't ride along with, the, with these folks. Why is that? What happened to transparency? Yeah, because it's whatever a ter- happened to transparency. Well, because he doesn't want the bad optics yeah. of seeing all these kids being treated like shit because they are. Right. And by by telling them and advertising during the campaign and after that if they were going to be welcome here, these people let their kids and push their kids to go make this thousands mile journey with, you know, sex predators and everything else. Uh, you know, they say that 70, 80% of these girls or women get raped along the way. I don't know if it's that's 70, outrageous. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's is that little... humane? Are we being humane? Clearly, that's outrageous. Clearly not. Trump had this pretty much resolved. And, Biden first act, he knocked out the tr- the, the treaties with the, the Central American countries. He knocked out the whole thing about you can wait in Mexico and you come right in. And he stopped construction on the border wall. Where now there's holes where they were not finished, where they're massing and pouring in. It's it's crazy, and they're not willing to say it's a crisis. They can't use that word. It's not a crisis. It's a freaking crisis, and the head of the head of home and home health secu- home security homeland security gets on TV this weekend and goes off to all the networks and says, "We do expel uh, families. We are working with Mexico to increase Mexico's capacity to receive the expelled families. The border is secure. The border is closed. We've been unequivocal in that. We got this under control. The border is closed. Bullshit." 
And there I've said my piece. Right. Well, clearly it's a crisis. Clearly there's an optics problem for the Biden administration, which is why they're not. They allowed. created they created this well, crisis, Russ. They created yeah. this crisis and they they didn't they didn't anticipate for whatever reason if they would have asked any of the border patrol professionals they would have been told but they they weren't expecting this they weren't they weren't prepared for this and now they're overwhelmed they don't know what the hell to do well he, yeah he, here's the thing Dad. catch and release so they bring them in and then they send them on buses to mm-hmm. you know all over the country well here we go again most okay. and how many yeah. of them have covid who the hell knows all right, you gonna let me talk? Yeah, go for it. Uh, clearly, it's an optics problem for the Biden administration. Um, Mayorkas now saying the border is closed is clearly like uh, going against the messaging that they campaigned on, which was to counter the Trump administration's border policy. So it is a little bit of a bait and switch in terms of what. They ran on, given the circumstances. But I also think you got to wonder if it's fair to say that they created this because people who study migration, people who work with immigrant, you know, groups and, and advocates that sort of talk to a lot of these people, what they'll what they'll tell you is, is that, you know, the, the problem of uh, that generates all of these people from Central America or from Mexico or from all around the world, honestly, to want to come here, that that ebbs and flows, but is a relative constant. And really what caused it was the Trump, uh, you know, you, you can say that the Biden administration changing the tone of the messaging caused it, but, but at the, in the same uh, vein, you could also say that it was a sort of bubble that had been growing, like there was a bunch of people that were waiting for the Trump administration to leave in order to come because the Trump administration wasn't processing if Biden these cases. Didn't do, if Biden didn't do away with Trump's policies that were working... Yeah, but and, what, you see what I'm saying? What do you think it, is... We the, wouldn't have this. Well, we wouldn't it, have this. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of take issue with your framing because what you're saying is we wouldn't have this as in we wouldn't have like an influx of refugees who have a right to make an asylum claim. And okay, let me stop you. Let me stop yeah. you. The problem belongs to those countries in South America. Yeah. The problem is now an American problem once again, and it shouldn't be. I heard an interview with the president of, I don't know what country. Of El Salvador. I saw that too. El Salvador. Okay. So the Tuck- president Tucker of Carlson. El Salvador, and he said... Hey, we don't want these people to be leaving. We're losing half mm-hmm. of our population. This is crazy. Why? We need them to yeah. get jobs. We need we need America to invest here and do stuff to make things better here. That's what should be done. Right, but not, the, but what not instead, this insanity. Come, come here. We're here. We've got open arms for you. Yeah, I mean, look, I loosely agree with you on that in, in terms of the United States, at the very least, should not be doing things to destabilize all of these countries and make them more violent and poor. But that's, well, that's actually... That's what we did. That's what, that's what we did. Biden the, did that. The le- forget about Biden. Forget about Trump. I'm talking about, like, 
Let's go back to like Kissinger. Well, you got a black and white comparison, Russ. You got a black and white comparison. Look at last year and look at this year. Right. But do you see what I'm saying? If there are um, thousands and thousands of people that are like desperate to leave their home country and they know that upon... If they didn't have a place to go, mm-hmm. they would be in their home country. And then if we would help or, build or, up the economy, yeah, or, if we would help build up the economy in that, those home countries, listen, we give millions and billions of dollars away in foreign aid to God knows everybody in this world every year. Yeah, but it's not just about giving them checks. Think about all the other things we do. I'm not Think suggesting about, we give right. them checks. If you really I'm want suggesting to- we... I'm suggesting we build up their economy and their production but, but and, Dad, and factories you, you, and places for them yeah. to work and get an education. Okay. So if we want to like really roll up our sleeves and kick the tires of what's caused the destabilization of the economy and the violence in those countries, like I think that's a great conversation to have. And I think you have to look at what did what was the U.S.'s policy towards all of those places during the Cold War? Did the U.S.— Pro, like care about let's not go back in ancient history well, Russ. let's Dad, deal with what we've got right now okay. what we've got right but, now is but, our own yeah. self-created crisis but we created it by propping up dictators in those countries funding right-wing death squads that okay murdered okay. and two raped wrongs, and tortured. two wrongs don't make a right russ two wrong yeah. i taught you this as a kid two wrongs don't make a right mm-hmm. if we screwed up if we fucked up in the past Okay, we're sorry, mea culpa. Let's try and fix it. You don't fix it by welcoming all of the anybody who wants to come here to come here because we're getting overwhelmed. But you and understand we've got issues. You understand why there's like refugee law. Like you understand like the philosophy behind human rights and why it's these yes people. for us but that's not for this predicament that's for where there's a catastrophe where there's a Those, war. These are it. places that are catastrophes. These are bullshit. Places. Bullshit. All right. These people live there. For, I mean, they're coming. I mean, they're 30s, 40 years old. Okay, where have they been for those 30, 40 years? They've been living They've in been a, living there. They've been surviving. Yeah, but the but if you like the the refugee laws are not written in such a way that says it has to be like a internationally declared war and da 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 da. Right? There Whereas are our our refugee laws and mm-hmm. our immigration laws. They say if your life is in direct threat. This is both parties. This is Congress Uh has kicked this bucket down the down the ball, down the road for the last 50 years. Yeah. And instead of trying to fix the goddamn problem. Do you know where to? So so let's just say, for example, like El Salvador, just to just to pick an example, one that you saw the interview that the president of El Salvador gave to Tucker Carlson. Right. I saw that same interview. Mm -hmm. Um. El Salvador had a very bloody civil war that the United States also had, you know, a a horse in the race there. And in the wake of that war, there was a huge, and during the war, there was a lot of Salvadorians that moved to California, right? When was the war? The war was in the 70s and the 80s. Okay, Russ, that's 40, 50 years ago. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about fixing it. Just hear me out. Just hear me out, if you will. 40, 50 years ago. Come on. Dad, it wasn't 40 or 50 years ago, but I'm like telling you the beginning. You just said in the 70s. I'm going to tell you. 
with absolute certainty now, but... The 70s is 40 or 50 years ago. Okay, I misspoke. The Salvadorian Civil War started in 1980 and it ended in 1992. So that it ended about 30 years ago, 29 years ago, right? Okay, so we've had 29, 30 years to try and fix it. Right. Well, instead of fixing it, I'll tell you what happened, more or less. There was a, a street gang that was formed in California... MS-13 from L.A. And in in the spirit of fighting the war on drugs, uh, the United States began sort of like basically like cracking down on uh, MS-13 and deporting those people back to El Salvador. Where did MS-13 get their money? They got it. A lot of it came from drug money. Right. And why were they able to make so much money off of drugs? Because Americans love cocaine. So that sort of the flow of money south and weapons and all of their knowledge and training that they had gotten as street gangs in LA now all of a sudden are in El Salvador and that sort of exacerbated like this new round of violence and a lot of that is still what you see there now so it, you see what I'm saying Salvadorian it's hard to Salvadorian government where was the Salvadorian government after the war ended where was the winner it's uh, there have, the the country's changed hands between various political parties over the years, but I guess what I'm saying is, is like why you're talking. Didn't they, you're why ta- didn't they arrest these kids and throw them in jail? They do, and a lot of them are in jail. But regardless, Dad, you're talking about like the United States should be helping these countries stabilize their economies and be able to implement like a peaceful society where these people don't feel the need to flee their countries. That was the case that the president of El Salvador was making on Tucker Carlson's show. Our country has failed to provide two basic things, which are the two main drivers of immigration, which is the lack of economic opportunity and the lack of security. If, I mean, most people won't like, won't, doesn't want to leave their country. Right. They, they like their culture, they like their food, they like their weather. I mean, it's, it's their country. They have their family members here, their friends. They live their, most people leave their country because of two main reasons. And those are the two main reasons. And if you add up the civil war we had in the 80s, well, that was the main driver at the, at the beginning. And then you have people, you know, that have cousins over there. And then the cousin says, oh, come here and you will right. find a job here. And there's relative security based on what you have over there and what you have here. And so those are the main drivers of immigration. Losing energetic, risk-taking people is obviously bad for your country. You want to keep people like that here. Do you resent the fact that the United States has offered all these incentives for people to leave your country and go there? No, no I would never resent that. But I just think that for a country, it's, it's not profitable to get the people out. First, it's immoral. I mean, you need to provide for your people, right? That's, yes. That's, that's a, the moral issue. But you also have an economic issue. If you send your hardworking people and your talented people and the people that want to work and want to risk it just to go and work. You want to keep them here because those will be the drivers of your economy. You don't want them there so they could send a, rem- a remittance, which would be a small portion of what they will earn and what they uh, um, produce. You want them to produce here. We need these people to stay here in order to stimulate our economy. And it doesn't help us to have all these people go live in the United States and send home remittance, which is just a small fraction of the amount of money that they would be generating for the country if they stayed here. But you can't separate th- that like individual situation of like, okay, this guy's from a village where MS-13 or one of the other gangs has like a presence. 
And because this kid turned 13 or he turned 14, now that gang is going to go knock on his door and say, basically, you're either one of us or you're dead. And those are that's a why lot of- the government of El Salvador should be enforcing those gangs and getting them off the streets. Yeah, but they're poor. So they don't and have that power. Of course, they don't have that power because of all you of see, the- everything in the world, Russ, is not a United States problem. But do you understand like the United States role in the destabilization of that whole region? It's the war on drugs. No, I you ta- don't. I you don't. talk about the war, the war on drugs we spent. No, you like, started with a civil war. You started with a civil war. Yeah, it's all it's all okay. interconnected because the civil yeah, war. The U.S. had a hand in every damn civil war there ever was. They, I mean. In, in Latin America, they certainly did. And in the case of a lot of those countries in El Salvador, it was done in the name of the Cold War because a lot of the uh, most brutal faction, like let's say for let's Nicaragua, right? You had the, um, the Contras, right? The United States was funding the Contras in Nicaragua, who, by the way, also went across the border into El Salvador and had operations there. But why was the United States funding the Contras? Because uh, Nicaragua... That would be contra communism. Right. But it was because Nicaragua had a leftist government and the United States did not like that. And even though the Contras had like a very bloody, nasty history of disgusting human rights abuses and the United States knew about that and in fact passed a law in Congress that specifically banned funding the Contras because of their terrible human rights record. I and know, w- I know this And what did and Ronald Oliver Reagan North, do? And what did and Ronald I, no, Reagan do? No, it wasn't Ronald Reagan. Oliver North um, funneled a lot of money through um, Iran mm-hmm. to there. Yeah, he, 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 another country that was on the shit list of places you're not supposed to do business with, he sold them weapons in order to use the money to uh, fund the Contras. So... I guess what I'm saying is, is like, you're talking about like, he stuck his I'm finger. I'm saying Donald Trump had the problem, re- had our problem, our, the United no, States. Our, problem our country guarantees. Our problem was, re- our problem was resolved our when country, nobody was trying to crash our country, the gates. Yeah, our country guarantees people the right to come to this country to declare political asylum. It's written into law in this country and it's international law. So yeah, I know, I know. But there's no. But this country is not prepared to deal with thousands and thousands a day. So, when when somebody has an issue, they could have stayed there and 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 that's the way it was set up with Trump. Stayed there and filed for or asked for go to the U.S. embassy and ask for asylum. But while and they're waiting there to processed, do that, while they're waiting what? there to do. But first of all, a lot of these people come from villages that are hundreds or thousands of miles from. Well, they traveled hundreds of thousands of miles with goddamn, you mm-hmm. know, everybody under the sun, sex offenders and drug dealers. But what uh, do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen to a kid who's 14 or 15 who's a marked man and either has to become a member of MS-13 or some other gang or be killed? Russ, He's going to wait problems, for a year and a half to get... problems like this mm-hmm. all across the world. Yeah. We cannot fix everybody's problem but do you understand that because of the intertwined history where the united states is like intertwined history with the entire world Mm -hmm. going back to adam and eve yeah so so should they sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry going back to the monkeys i'm sorry you don't you don't buy that adam and eve crap okay neither do you (laughs) 
So going hey, I, 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 I know it's fun. It's it maybe monkeys it's, used to fight. Monkeys used to fight. It's fun for it's fun for you to play like reactionary Christian guy, but you're 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 a agnostic Jew not, who doesn't believe a, in. I'm not a reactionary Christian guy. I know, but you like to play one on TV. This is what I'm saying. It's like you're you're like slandering me for not believing in Adam and Eve. Like you don't fucking believe in Adam and Eve. Like who are you kidding? Well, I was, I, that's why I corrected it to mm-hmm. go back to the monkeys. Mm-hmm. But um, should they just, in your mind, just pass a resolution in Congress to eliminate uh, the asylum law? There shouldn't be like asylum in the United States. No, I'm not saying that. But let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Before 1776, where would these people all have gone? What do you mean? There's no United States. We're before the United States. Yeah. Where would these people have gone? What right, would they have done? It's in, it's, I'm it's, sure they were, wait, I'm sure there was suffering going on in, in El Salvador. I, I'll bet on it. So where where did they go? I have no idea. I mean, it's like inconceivable. Yeah, Big Uncle Sam wasn't there to fix it for them. Or what to, did they do? Yeah, to fix it for them or to completely like destroy their the countries where they live we've, in we've the first fucked place. up the world we fucked up the world we had a before, large hand in before fucking up the world. 1776 there were no wars there was no problems there were no um people looking to get out of where they lived mm-hmm. or go anywhere because there was no place to go okay I don't really understand so, the point. I mean, you're, what you're saying the point is, is being, like, the point being, what did they do before there was Uncle Sam? I, there wasn't an El Salvador either, so I don't really know like what your point is. Well, there before. were people living there. There were indigenous people living there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the people that were living there were pretty damn brutal, weren't they? Um, I, I mean, uh, Incas, Aztecs, who lived there? In El Salvador? Yeah. The Mayans, I guess. Okay. Were they peaceful? Were they uh, farmers? I, what do you want me to like give you some well, one you sentence? Well, you seem to know all the history. Like a gra- you know all the history where the U.S. fucked I'm going to give a grade to like some ethnic group and say like these the, this ethnic group is a A on the Russ Finkelstein assessment of whether they're by nature peace-loving people or 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 brutal. We, we, we uh, can't violent we people. can't talk about we can't talk about the the crisis at the border of mm-hmm. the southern border of the United States without going back into the seventies and eighties history because you're at, because you're saying things, tr- you know Trump the had this problem things the U S yeah. may have done well it's those things that the U S you you were the one that said the United States should be trying to stimulate their economy the United States should be working to I agree right. I well, agree for a so, long for a long term plan to solve their problem which would solve our problem so you have but to in actually meantime, yeah so you in have the to meantime actually, hmm. we have to solve our problem and keep them out of here but you, until we can help them solve their problem okay so let's just talk about some common sense like basic stuff that could be done what about for example and this is something that you have personal involvement in what about just like declaring the end to the war on drugs? You just decriminalize something like marijuana. You de- and, and in those countries like in El Salvador, Nicaragua, and you encourage and you encourage people to use it. Um, there's a, the, the, the statistics of the use of marijuana mm-hmm. have has gone up so much in Colorado, uh, California, Washington, the states that uh, authorize it. And do you think that's bad? 
Yes. Why? This is not a healthy thing. Okay. This so, is not a good thing. So why not? Number one, smoking, smoking is harmful to your health. People are ingesting that into their lungs. Oh, you're yeah. going to say, well, but that's not the only way they ingest it. And then what about when all the car accidents that have gone up, all the accidents that have okay. increased? So that's our problem, right? That's our problem. That's not their problem. Our problem is consumption. They, those countries actually tend to not have... Various. It's their problem if they supply it. Okay, but it's only they're causing it's only it. their problem. They're causing more chaos in this country than we ever caused in theirs. No, that's... Okay, listen, we started out before we went on mm-hmm. uh, talking about we're going to try and keep this one short. I know, but uh, yeah, well, uh, it is what it is, I guess. I, I just think your framing of whose problem it is, whether that be the problem of a bunch of human human beings... Uh, you want to, d- d- to depict them as illegal aliens or some other way to sort of like strip them of their humanity. But what? But whether... No, 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 no. Wait, wait, we'll back up. What uh-huh. do you mean strip them of their humanity? Because what I'm the, not doing any such thing. Because these when are they come here beings. illegally, uh-huh. when they come here illegally, they are called illegal aliens. Yeah. Well, when they're now, declaring... I'm not saying they're When they're declaring human. refugee status, they're, they're by law not illegal because they have a right... To do that, according to how many law. how many people have how many people have come into this country, mm-hmm. um, asked for asylum, either been told no or never showed up for a hearing, and they're still living in this country. Yeah, the majority <laughs> of people who get a immigration hearing actually do show up for their hearings, but the vast majority of people who apply and do to they be, leave when they're told to leave? The vast majority of people that apply for asylum end up not getting it and end up getting deported. And and what happens to them? They leave or they have to they get forced to leave. How many illegal aliens are there in the United States right now? You mean people that are like undocumented people are, immigrants? People that are people that are not I just think that the uh, word illegal alien is A it's Well, yeah, like, I know. I know. It's, that's A, that's it's the offensive, point. but B it's like talking not talking point of the left. That's well, offensive. It's, it's it's also offensive to call me uh a, a male because I might decide today I'm a female. Well, if you decide that you are a female, then I will call you a woman. I, I'm not, I don't have any qualms about that, you know? I know. That's another issue. But look, um, what I'm Can saying is... Can we talk is, about Dr. Seuss and Dumbo? I, uh, we can't have Dr. Seuss because in the 40s... Who told, you, who told you that you can't have Dr. Seuss? Well, the president didn't honor him on his birthday. Didn't even mention his name. <laughs> first time in first Dad, time. Dad, you sound like a baby right now. This I, know, is a, I mean, it's it's. Can I tell you what's ridiculous about the Dr. Seuss thing? It's it was the Dr. Seuss like foundation or whatever, whoever like manages his estate that decided not to publish to continue to publish those books. It's not like Democrats or liberals or the left somehow got together and decided they're going to cancel Dr. Seuss. Like that never happened. They just decided they weren't going to reprint those books. But it, it just... And what about Dumbo? What about Dumbo? You know, earlier, I actually don't even know what you're talking about with Dumbo. <laughs> Dumbo is a flying elephant. Yeah, I understand it, who Dumbo it, is. Somewhere, somewhere in those cartoons is something offensive to somebody because Dumbo's been banned too. Is that... But, but all this to say, Dad, like, I just find it... it it's it's You, and by uh-huh. you, I mean the... The liberal you. Yeah, d- stop uh, calling me a liberal. This whole I, I cancel, really wish. You have started this whole cancel culture. Yeah, if there's one thing I hope that you could take from this podcast, it's that I'm not a liberal. Like, I, I really... You are... I 
you are so beyond the liberal, yeah. it's scary. You're not a liberal anymore. See, it used to be, well, I'm not a Democrat, I'm a liberal. Yeah. Now it's, I'm not a liberal, I'm a socialist. Are you talking about me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I never said that. I don't think I ever... I'm not was... a liberal, I'm a socialist. Uh -huh. So in, in a month or two, when socialists become okay, you won't be a socialist, you'll be a communist? Is that the next step? Well, I think, it, you know, it's funny because you, you got offended when I called you a reactionary a couple weeks ago. I'm curious if you I, know... I got offended when you called me comrade. Right, I called you a comrade. Um, yeah. But then I said you were a reactionary and you took issue with that. And it, and it kind of made me wonder, like, does, do you know what that word means? Do you know where that word comes from? Uh, comrade? I think no, so, yeah. No, reactionary. Because <laughs> that's what a lot of this stuff, that's what a lot of, like, you know, it's like, we're talking about one thing and then you want to talk about the border. And then, like, when the floodgates open up, you want to talk about... Dumbo and Dr. Seuss and that well, is, this is all this has all been in the news in the last week or so I you know I'm trying to keep in this your news I mean th this is news I that, mean you go back to the 70s uh -huh. and talk about old wars but that's political, trying to keep that's this political history that's relevant to the I'm conversation I'm trying to keep this conversation yeah. current and up to date and I want to talk about the Grammys and why they're not canceled right but by definition what I'm saying is, is like your position is reactionary because you're just react. The word reactionary came about during the French Revolution, and it and it described people who were sort of opposed to the revolution because they were in favor of sort of maintaining the, you know, feudalism or status, the status quo. It's called status quo, right? The status and, quo and pre pre revolution. So they're by nature people who are sort of reactive against revolutions or against like revolutionary movements, right? That's the idea. And okay. and in my mind, like one of the failures of reactionary politics is when it doesn't really grasp onto things that are like actually materially relevant. Like what you're saying now about Dr. Seuss and Dumbo and all this stuff. It's like why why do you care about or why should people because, care? Because, because there's a culture in this country, mm -hmm. and we keep downgrading us. We keep downgrading it. What do you mean, us? Like what? You feel like slighted by the fact that the Dr. Seuss Foundation doesn't want to reprint some book. I want you to tell have you never something. fucking. I'm gonna, read. I'm gonna unveil a secret now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you Dr. Seuss? As a kid, and I can show you in my sixth grade. Um, autograph book it it asks for your favorite this your favorite that my my favorite baseball team was the yankees my favorite author mm -hmm. was dr seuss and my favorite book was and to think that i saw it on mulberry street that's one of the banned ones mm -hmm. you know why it's banned because no. mulberry street is in chinatown okay mm -hmm. mulberry street is in chinatown in new york city and dr seuss in that book had pictures of that that I guess today would be somewhat offensive to um, Asians. Uh, the right. Way they the, yeah, I've seen the drawing. Okay, and 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 he also depicted in a prior book, which I don't even know the name of, uh, that got banned, was in the forties, early forties, during the war, when he referred to. I think a, a, a Japanese guy as as a Jap, and that was the that was front page of every paper. Japs bomb Pearl Harbor, and it was us and them, and mm -hmm. it's like you know, it, and they were the enemy, mm -hmm. and that was in the vernacular in that time frame. Yeah, and you can't 
And this is what this is what the culture cancel culture does. You can't put today's standards on things that happened 20, 30, But 50, why do they have to ago. look? I, I, I'm not saying like we should round up. And I don't think anyone is saying, do you have a copy of this book? Your favorite book from? No. But uh, no, but okay. now I can't. When was get the last one. time you read it? I can't legally get one. I probably, you, you I probably had it when I was. You want me to buy you one on I was, eBay? I, I'll, I'll do that. I'll I buy probably it. had it when I was ten. Okay, so no one's <laughs> saying like you are a bad person because when you were ten, you read this book. They're just the people who are in charge of the foundation. We're going to put up the money necessary to print new editions of this book in particular, or several of these books, are saying, like, we're just not going to reprint those books that came out in the 40s because we think that some of the images that are in them are racist, according to the... And that's outrageous. But why, Dad? You don't think that, like... They weren't our... intended to be... I mean, look, it, I, it, it's... The whole thing is absurd. Okay. <laughs> The whole thing is absurd. It's, it's like absurd. It, it, what's absurd it's like changing is changing the name of the Indians. You know, yeah. Why because, are we changing the name? Because we're we changing those names. Because it's no longer considered acceptable by enough pe by a significant amount of people to the point where it no longer becomes tenable to call it that. And that's just the way that is. Like it used to probably be acceptable to like openly make jokes about Jews or Italians or Irish people, and it's not really so cool to do that anymore. So we stopped doing that. You know. We stopped doing that today, but we shouldn't ban stuff that did that when it was popular. But no one's saying it's accepted. illegal. No one's saying like you're not, you're forbid well, from Well, that's ever. the next step, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> I mean, didn't Hitler burn the books? Okay. On that happy note, um, it's been a pleasure, Russ. Always is. Yeah. I miss your face. Miss you too. I mean, I, that's one of the things about the pandemic I haven't got to see. Um, my kids, my grandkids, and I miss that. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get the vaccine soon. We can. I want to give you a hug because I don't think in life you got enough hugs, and I think that's why you are what you are politically. <laughs>